Welcome to the 131st episode of News Dump, where we run through the hottest topics in Lewis County news scene and discuss. I'm local man Aaron Vantile, joined tonight by Chronicle Editor-in-Chief Eric Schwartz and Chronicle Assistant Editor Isabel Vanderstoop. And we're joined in spirit by sponsors Summit Funding and The Roof Doctor. It's Monday, February 13th, and congratulations to Jared Wenzelberger on his all-time favorite football team, the Kansas City Chiefs, winning the Super Bowl. He's been a diehard Chiefs fan ever since, in his words, he realized Patrick Mahomes was good. Did you both watch the Super Bowl? That's a dig at Nightcrawler, isn't it? It is. Are you saying that he can't be like a tried and true from boyhood fan of the New York Yankees, Los Angeles Lakers, and Kansas City Chiefs? Well, it depends on how the rest of 2023 goes, (laughs) but yes. I did watch the Super Bowl, and you know who I watched it with? Jared's dad. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> it was fun. He was screaming the whole time. That's good. Super excited. It was a great Are time. they all Chiefs fans over there? Yeah. Yeah. Are they all Yankees fans too? Uh, not really. Not Lakers, as much, I Lakers don't Lakers fans? Ki- sort of, kind of. Mm-hmm. I feel like... 90s the, Bulls fans? The Chiefs, they're definitely... <laughs> Big Duke basketball that's fans? That's like the biggest piece of their sports identity is being okay. Chiefs fans, I, where I do believe. They, where do they buy their Alabama football gear? I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know any of the other sports, so. Uh, yeah, I'm sure like Boston College hockey could be in there. Who's good in NASCAR these days? I've noticed, by the way, that you've started saying joined tonight by Eric. The last two episodes, you've said joined tonight by Eric. Is it accurate? Yeah. yeah. I just, you've never said it before. You've always oh. said joined as always. Oh, maybe I edited the notes and just forgot about it. Yeah, well, just so you know. Uh, Before we get to anything else, I would like to direct you both to Facebook, where a gentleman named Samuel Kaiser is in search of a tube TV because his oldest son decided to scare the living daylights out of him. So as punishment, he will not be using any more current generation electronics until he beats a selection of games from Nintendo through PS3, Xbox 360. But he is looking for donations of old video games to torture his child with, and I wholeheartedly support his mission. That's very (laughs) funny, but I cannot open the group link because I'm I'm not a member. You're not a member of Lewis County Area, colon, free wanted for sale? (laughs) No, I'm not. I don't know what you're missing. I'll I'll ask to join. But, yeah, if you you have some old video games, maybe some some real tough ones, look that guy up and send him his way because... I want to know more. You guys should write a story about that. No, I don't think that's going to happen. Fine. You're just, just no throwing saves. away clicks, DJ. I'd pick uh, Fester's Quest on Atari. It's an unwinnable game, as is E.T. on Atari. Is the E.T. game the one that was so bad it was like... Oh, it's god-awful. Yeah, okay. But you play it for sport just because it is so bad. You think that you can be the one that, you know, gets some enjoyment or satisfaction out of it. It's bad. The only non-save game, it, it's like a little bit before my time, but the only non-save game that I ever played was Sonic, and I cried. And I was an adult when I did that. <laughs> it was <laughs> so was hard. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to go to news? Do we have any other? I don't know. We're covering so much ground this way, Aaron. We're getting a lot done here. Just me posting Facebook links and being like, why don't you do a story? Uh, news items. First up, Winlock School Board tables vote on staff cuts after emotional public comments at five-hour meeting. The Winlock School Board had plans to cut five employees, including three counselors. However, approximately half the town showed up to talk about how important the counselors are. That included parents, teachers, students, the whole shebang. They provided a ton of impassioned public comments, 
And the school board went into executive session for a couple hours, then came back to say, we're going to punt until later. That, that about sum it up? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Matthew Zilstra, reporter, big props to him. Uh, I'm sure he didn't know that the meeting was going to start on Wednesday night and last into Thursday morning. Um, I shared this on Slack with everybody at the Chronicle, but uh, I was just impressed that he came in the next day. I think he was the first one in the office. Um, and I asked him what he was working on. He just kind of calmly was just like, yeah, I'm working on that Winlock school board story. And I was like, great. I didn't find out until I read his story. <laughs> the it meeting a- lasted that long, <sighs> and I probably should have told him to come in a little bit later. Gosh. Kind good of a banger. Him. Yeah, good story. Yeah, it was good. It's one of those, like, every reporter, young reporter, eventually lands themselves in a meeting in a community that's not that theirs, where everyone's all riled up about something they were just told about the day before. And it can be, like, really overwhelming, but I thought his uh, shotgun approach of, like, writing up the whole meeting was was good. Good reporting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was fun. I also enjoyed the um, the guy who spoke, gave his public comment in Spanish, and then at the end said, do you understand? And it was kind of a big big meeting moment. I bet you there were some gasps and O's because they were getting uh-huh. rid of some multilingual staff at the time. Yeah. Or proposing it anyways. Uh, what do you think the board should do? Um, I don't know. The superintendent left <laughs> and did the classic uh, Eric Rosane Twitter former reporter. I know everyone on Twitter does it, but Rosane was the worst at it, where yeah. he announces that he's leaving and then, you know, more on my future later. Um, Tune back in next week when I tell you where I'm going. I can't tell you what I'm doing next. It's like, just say it. They're literally just saying they don't want to waste potentially two tweets with lots of likes and retweets for just one. Like, that. that's not, it's not very smart. Yeah, so the superintendent, Gary Cameron, announced he was leaving for a new job but couldn't say what it was, like he's getting a job at some top-secret school administration. I mean, I say superintendent by bullpen approach um, and use his salary to (laughs) pay the other five people that they apparently needed to cut. I don't think that spreads that far. but Cover it with that. It Um, probably wouldn't be too far off. I don't know. I also think the board should, like, just make a decision. People are pissed that you're trying to shit-can a bunch of counselors just come back and say, you know what? You guys were right. You all came out and told us what to do. We're elected, not not professional officials or anything. They were so mad that a bunch of them got up to speak in public. Do you know how much people, especially children, hate speaking in public? It's true. Yeah, a lot. No, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, clearly their community has spoken out and said what it values, and there are probably other things that they could cut that they would not feel as passionately about. And I know that's that's a no-win situation for every school district to have to pick between one program or another, one person or another, because it's all important. But when that many people show you, I mean, I, I'm sure that them punting at least is them listening and we'll see what the action is from now on. Do you think they're punting because they are going to change their minds next week? Or is it like a, maybe if we just wait a little while, they'll forget about this. Maybe they were like, it's 1 PM and we feel like they have more to say. Or 1 a.m. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, could be. I also don't think that there was like, if it's like a budget solution and you're dealing with a school board, I'm not insulting their intelligence or anything, but these are just regular folks from the community for them to pour over the school's budget and figure out another option than the one that school staff has been proposed to them in that time in the back. It sounds like the time that was used, they probably did try to do that a little bit. And then it was probably, let's just, uh, let's get some sleep. Let's rest on it. Yeah. We'll have another yeah. meeting. I feel like that's fair. Uh, next news item, Port of Centralia amends public comment policy during meetings. Basically, some people kept saying rape during the public comment portion of meetings, and the whole thing was taking too long, so the Port of Centralia put in a new rule 
that they can postpone public comment until after they've done all their important work. This is kind of like a we have better things to do move, and I support it. <laughs> I thought you were going the other way on that one. In, in, I'm not going to try to take a stance or anything, but the, the Port of Centralia and this situation, I do think fall outside the normal guidelines of how like public comment sessions typically go, just because there are a lot of people who come back and say the same things at port meetings repeatedly. And which is well within their right. Like I said, I'm not taking a stance or anything, but it does put the port in a unique situation. Like if the county did this and they hear different people on different topics all the time, I would be, I would be a little bit more alarmed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it's a, definitely a unique situation. And just for some context on the use of the word rape, uh, the Centralia resident Jan Banovich, who was trying to read that statement into the record multiple times, had taken issue with executive director Kyle Heaton's contract. I don't know that I don't have the wording in front of me, but it essentially makes it extremely hard to fire him and he could potentially commit a crime is the point that she was trying to make. Um, and I get why at the same time that commissioner Kyle Markstrom wouldn't want that assertion being thrown out there in a way where it could be misconstrued or anything like that. It's just heavy, heavy wording for mm -hmm. the setting. Um, and this is like, I'm telling you, it's uh, it's it's Groundhog Day. Like every other Wednesday at the Port of Centralia, you have this group, same group every time that goes there. And I'm not saying their complaints aren't legitimate. They want more transparency, whatever. Um, but it's like, I mean, I've had like six reporters roll through there and bring back the same story that isn't anything to do with the port's actual business, which is substantial uh, when you're talking about Centralia Station. I'm not giving Owen a hard time, but even this story about this ongoing thing is longer than anything I've read about Centralia Station in the past, like, two years. And I, that would affect far more people than the public comment policy that is technically <laughs> legal at and, and the Port give, of Centralia. And, and also, just to play devil's advocate to that, I think there's been more information on that side of it than there has been on the Centralia Station because of that transparency sure. yeah, issue. fair enough. And, you know, I, I it's a hard thing to navigate, and especially when there are, as it was in the last story, impassioned people every single time. But then there's also this group that's clearly doing positive work for the city. I mean, clearly they're bringing in a lot of business. And yeah, it's, it's a very complicated... It's also political. Thing. Like you can't... Without being here for the entire time, no one would know that this dates back like seven years, six yeah. years. Um, hurt feelings, politics. Uh, I believe the last person to run for a port of... Centralia Commission ran on uh, the platform or part of the platform is that we're going to fi fire Kyle Heaton. <laughs> so I wouldn't expect him to look out at that crowd of people as a non-elected official and feel like being super cuddly about it. As cuddly as Kyle Heaton can be. I was going to say, he's often, you know, the cuddliest. But uh, no, it's an interesting look. If you ever want, if you got a Wednesday off, three o'clock, uh, check the agenda, head on over there. I think this is like the it's a really type of story room. that's like best to witness and then you'll have a better understanding of what's going on than reading about it. I agree yeah. with that. Uh, can we move on from port business to... Never! All right. No, fine. we can move on. Uh, next item, Historic Centralia Fox Theater on track for possible end-of-year opening. Uh, with a clear plan and nearly a million in funding secured, the theater could host events by the end of the year. They'll use 500000 of American Rescue Plan Act funds, courtesy of the county 
to finish protecting the facade and weatherproofing the exterior of the building. I don't want to be a downer here, but I feel like we've read a story pretty close to this every three years for the last decade or so. So it's kind of like the your flight has been delayed half an hour of historic building renovations. I would agree that it's difficult to combat that, um, but I, I wouldn't want to like minimize the work that a lot of people have put into it. Yeah, um, that's fair. But I, I don't think the public had an understanding, myself being part of the public, like in what disrepair the building was and at various points where they thought they might be done and then they'd find, you know, a wall that needs to be replaced um, or Trove something like that. Gold or, but there's know. really not a good <laughs> rebuttal to that sentiment, though. That's what a lot of the commenters were saying as well. It's like they just want it to be done. Uh, we had somebody make the comment at the Chronicle of it would be nice if the next call we got was tickets on sale tomorrow, like yeah. for whatever event they have planned. It will be neat when it's done, though. Um, Emily Fitzgerald wrote this one up, and it did have some really interesting stuff in it. The Shehalis tribe is getting involved um, on the funding side of it, and uh, the chairman, Dustin Klatouche, is that you pronounce that? Mm-hmm. Um, says, this is going to be amazing. Can't wait to bring my kids here. Uh, you had state rep Peter Barno there, of course. Joe Clark at Twin Transit. So there's some um, new folks with their hands on this. Debbie Campbell, uh, former United Way director, is also working on this. Um, and that gives me a little more optimism. Not so much that I don't think this headline might be written again, though. I, I think there have been a lot of people on this that have been good in the last year or two years that have been really focused on it. And I know it's one of those things in downtown Centralia that every single person who drives past it all the time is like, ah, every time, you know, we all want it. And I just kind of hope that the, like that sentiment will prevail into a hopeful feeling and something that ends up being positive rather than like more arguing about if it will happen or when. Yeah, I agree. What do you guys think will be open first? The Centralia Theater or the hub. refinished hub? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say the United Learning Center. <laughs> oh, is that still a thing? Yes, that's still a thing. Yeah, we'll see. It's been delayed. Oh. Which okay. is probably for the best because I don't know where we're going to put our tire pile when that's over with. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, tell me about it. Somebody I've been needs thinking to about that, that on the record. <laughs> Next time there's like a city of Centralia meeting, any sort of meeting where you can put the tire pile on the record, just say, what about the tire pile? That's Lewis County solid waste. Lewis and County I could do it. Waste. I you could should. do it. Like, where are you going to, where are you going to put them? Just so I we mean, can go look, look at them. If em. you bring that up, the obvious solution is one block north in the pool. <laughs> the pool's not coming. Like, get over it. Throw the tires in there. For God's sake. The voters sakes. might decide that. We'll see. The voters see. have decided that. <laughs> there's, a, there's a meeting tonight, I think, on oh. this very topic. Yeah, like a like a workshop. Yeah, they're going to decide whether to not whether to let the voters of Centralia decide this one. I just feel like isn't that the same question they As asked? You the sit last over there with your nice pool. I heard somebody at the he proofing that desk. Everything in Chehalis is mine specifically. I, well, <laughs> well I, I was in my office laying out pages weeks and weeks ago, and I heard the reporters talking about the pools, and the consensus was that Centralia doesn't deserve one. Chehalis already has one. Oh, uh, that was not that's, it. That's what I heard as a Centralian. That was not it. And I heard I, Isabel say Bauer and Carolyn don't deserve oh to swim in their gosh. very own outdoor pool. I no. said nothing of don't the sort. Don't they have sort. a hose? The only Carolyn that needs a pool is Carolyn Shaw, and she has one. That's true. A full aquatic center. And she's no longer alive. Nope. Anyway, I, by the way, just for the record, I said nothing of the sort. I would not have said that. That's what I heard. 
bunch of elitists over there. <laughs> oh my you said gosh. nothing. You just flashed your Shahalis Pool season pass VIP I membership. Do not have that. The only thing I have. <laughs> no. Because it doesn't exist. No, I was just gonna make a joke, but somebody didn't. was relating to me uh, not so recently about how back in like the early 1900s, all the attorneys and businessmen lived in Chehalis, and the working man lived in Centralia, and it's pretty much the same thing today. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> this is a heavy topic to. Deal. Oh, I'm about to segue into the Centralia <laughs> massacres. So I'm just joking. I'm just joking. This Let's is, move along. <sighs> Let's talk about a lost cat. I have a lot of feelings about this, but I just don't I'm feel like they should be discussed. I'm tongue in cheek. Okay. Tongue in cheek. Okay. Lewis County Fire District asks community for help finding owner of rescued cat found in semi. A trucker in Napavine found a cat on his truck, and Fire District Five sent a crew to check it out and take it to the vet. Cat's friendly and they want to find it a home. Fire Chief Dan Mahoney said the cat cannot remain at the fire station as this is only a temporary solution until a possible owner who hopefully sees the story may come forward to claim her or until a new family is found. Oh, you didn't mention it is a female tuxedo cat, which is rare and adorable. And also just like Emily Fitzgerald's cat and she wrote this story. Is it Emily's cat? No. Are you sure? Yes. Uh, is Emily sure? Yes. That would be a, like an M. Night Shyamalan plot twist. It was my cat. <laughs> <laughs> Emily shows up. That's my cat. <laughs> How'd you get to Napavon? Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, the cat has a new owner now, at yes. least unless another owner um, comes forward. A kind and caring woman named Giselle is what we got from the Napavon police. And they, she booted Tom Brady and then was like, you yes, know what? That's what happened. Moving to Napavon, getting a cat. Um, and yeah, there's a nice photo of her holding the cat. Cat looks like it's trying to get away. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I'm sure the cat will be happy once it realizes that it it has its own shelter and a roof over its oh, yeah. head. There was controversy in the comments as uh, a good section, good cross section of the Napavine area thought that this must be a local cat, a Napavine oh, cat. Yeah, because there's cats over there getting trapped, spayed, neutered all the time, and that it mm -hmm. probably just crawled up in there. But the veterinarian noted that there was an injury, and it seemed to be insinuated that it had to do with its hitchhiking, like something that happened when it was. In the semi, so yeah, I choose to believe. Okay. I am sure the cat will be happy when it realizes <laughs> it has a roof over its head. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. I'm not picking Where it up. Where could it get a roof? <laughs> uh, what about uh, the roof doctor? The roof doctor? That they make help. house calls, you know. They do. They do. They do roofing, roof repair, roof cleaning, emergency roofing. And they do it in Chehalis, Olympia, Tacoma, Shelton, Hoquiam, Longview, and I imagine like all but surrounding I don't know. areas. As well. Are they a family-owned roofing company? Uh, yes, they're a family-owned roofing company. I think they have been since 1959. <laughs> yes, Is that they what you're have been me? since 1959. And you can contact their roofers in Chehalis today at 360-736-0246. And since you guys aren't a fan of the reviews, I won't read them. But I will say, Stony B gave it five stars. <laughs> Stony B. Mm -hmm. Stony B, Ken S, John D. There's nothing but five stars on here. Wow. But but how much are the estimates? Oh, I actually forgot to say this. I was gonna tell you guys. Oh, thanks. I, and this is not even a joke for the podcast. I talked to my mom about it, and apparently when we had our roof redone, we had the roof doctor. My mom said they got a quote from some company in Portland, and then they got another one from the roof doctor, which was a little higher, and they told them what it was, and then the roof doctor was like, no, nah, we'll do it, and they gave them, like, the competitive price. Ooh. Isn't that great? That is great. That is awesome. So you go know, to the roof doctor. You know, that's just the top-notch service you come to know and love from the roof doctor, our favorite sponsor. 
in a tie with Summit Funding. (laughs) Yes, a tie. I told her to leave a review. I hope she does. Like John D. did. Yeah. Big fan of the podcast. (laughs) Uh, We've got one more news item. A 56-year promise broken. Tanino War Widow finds the wrong man buried in her JBLM cemetery plot. Isabel, do you want to do do the honors on this one? Yeah, this one is a really, really wild one. Uh, It's a News Tribune story, but um, it's a local woman, so... I felt because of the highly unique situation, it would be good for the podcast. Um, So Bob Dowling, Lewis County's first casualty in the Vietnam War, died at the age of 27 when his aircraft was shot into the sea. And when rescue came, he waved them off to go save. They like, he signaled to go save his co-pilot first. And in the meantime, while they were doing that, a hammerhead shark came up from the depths and killed him. And that was 56 years ago. And when that happened, his Centralian widow, Mary Dowling, who now resides in Tonino at the age of 83, had his remains buried at JBLM. And ever since, she's gone to visit his grave frequently and reserved a plot beside him for her eventual resting place. And then last November... She went to visit her husband's grave for Veterans Day and realized that someone else had been buried in her plot. And so she contacted the army and they were like, yeah, you're right. Whoops, we did that. But we can't do anything about it because it's like regulation. They can't just like move the body for some reason. And she maintains that the only acceptable option is for the body to be removed so she can, you know, rest beside her husband, Mm -hmm. but they are just at an impasse. And that's like where the story is right now. It's really crazy. Like all the way through crazy. Yeah. I mean, one of the options that the army gave was that they could put her on top of her husband's casket. Yeah. uh, Or her cremated remains. I know it just sounds, it, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a bad situation. They said, they said that. And then the headstone, I believe that they offered in that solution would have like, her name on the back and her husband's name on the front. And I was like, yeah, d- you know, if that were me, if I would be kind of upset too. I would not want to be on the opposite side of my partner's headstone. I don't like, it's just so wild. Yeah. Craig Saylor did a good job with that story for the news tribune. Yeah. Really seriously. All right, and with that, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back with segments in just a moment. Hi, this is Jacek from Summit Funding. Here's what a recent client is saying about us. Hi, this is Chad Taylor. Have you been thinking about purchasing or refinancing your current home? The team at Summit Funding is the best in class. Looking for a conventional FHA, VA, USDA, jumbo, or even a reverse mortgage? Trust the team at Summit Funding. Corley and I did, and we couldn't be happier. Thank you to all of our past clients. If you have any questions, give us a call at 360-330-4037. All right, we're back. It's time for segments. First up, we've got Tales from the Takes page, a.k.a. the Opinion section. Our first piece is from Brian Mitke. He's got a column. Stunt comedy, river films, and more opportunities to emerge. He wants you to go out and do some stuff, because there's some cool stuff out there. Yeah, Mickey's been wilding out. That's what it sounded like to me. He had a more accurate description of the Chehalis Basin Film Festival than we did last week on the podcast. No. Not hard Did you do. listen, Isabel? I did. <laughs> some bangers in there, wasn't there? Yeah, I, I actually really liked There Will Be Flood. Yeah, I, I thought so too. Uh, any other... 
opinion pieces of note? Uh, you were bashing on our letter writers and talking about how they can't even write anymore, and they're sure all was. terrible, and they're mm-hmm. reflective of the people of Lewis County who you loathe and resent. Accurate. And I was standing up for them during the break. You were not. Um, and there were some good letters. My favorite was, and I had to throw some cold water on this one. Um, you know how there's like every now and again a letter writer will get an immediate response and then immediately respond to that immediate response, and before long you've just got like a, a letters to the editor gunfight going on on the opinion page. Mm-hmm. We had that with Marty Ansley, one of my favorite letter writers, as I've said before, because of Classic. his writing style and uh, just clarity, and it's very easy to edit. And he said that uh, moral decay is not the cause of gun violence. After Bruce Peterson said it was, I have a letter sitting in my uh, inbox from Bruce that says, you completely missed my point. So you, you have that to look forward to for Saturday. <laughs> Can't wait. I love it when people like communicate with each other in the letters to the editor. It's like one of my favorite things. God, just meet up and kiss people. We, we talked about the great Sudoku letter chain of 2021 before yeah. when someone said they were too hard. They were like, no, it's not. You just have to try harder. And they were like, I've tried. They were like, here's the link to a site where you can cheat. And Aww. then the lady was like, thanks. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> letters to the editor resolve themselves uh, in a cordial fashion. I love that your letters policy is flexible to every letter. Like I lo- I like that for that specific thing, you'll let people publish a little bit more often than others would in order to keep the like discourse going. I think that's I've cool. had complaints about that. Marty actually complained and I think it was about Bruce Peterson because he was <laughs> like you either have the policy or you don't as far as what is it one month? I don't I, I should know the policy, right? One letter a month, I think. Yeah. Um and I'll waive that if there's no other letters. Like I don't see the point of making this person wait another month if there's no one in front of them. It's not like a space issue. So. It's also like it's also one of those that's pretty clear because if you read it regularly enough, you will see the same names. So yeah. it's not like you've ever used it like to be more restrictive. Oh, you know no. what I mean? No. I don't know. It kind of sounds to me like selective censorship. What do you think? Uh, no. Oh, I, we can't hear you. I it's muted you. Quite the opposite of that, I feel. I, I unmuted you. Do you have a response? Thanks. Good. Performative art here. It is, you know. Do you want me to drop some, some fart soundboard notes in there? I'm never opposed. <laughs> There you go. That one is acceptable. Uh, I'm glad you... By the uh, way, hit it. <laughs> before, before we recorded, Aaron played a couple different farts, and I said that was the only one I was okay with. The other ones... <laughs> yeah, that one I, I dislike. <laughs> yeah, that's and offensive, man. he's yeah. laughing like a little schoolboy. He's losing it Let over us have it. our joy. Uh, anything else we need to cover from the opinion section? Uh, no, I think that that does it. Julian McDonald had another good column. John Braun had his weekly column as well. Um, and I haven't gotten into the paper yet, but we will. Isabel had a good idea to put out a call for a new columnist that she typed up. And um, so, hey, if you are listening to this podcast, you might be like a prime applicant to write a column for the yeah. Chronicle. Yeah. So that means you're engaged and uh, you probably have to have a sense of humor or you at least, you know, like, putting up with this. So if you're interested in writing a column, it would, we'd want it to be about local things as much as possible, but state issues would be okay. National issues would be okay from time to time. And you think you can do it every week? Uh, email Isabel at Isabel at cronline.com. What yeah. about intergalactic issues? Just a column about space every week. Oh, that's great. No. Um, I don't have the, I didn't know we were going to be talking about it, so I don't have the description up in front of me. But as I think I write something about like, a community critic, like somebody who is engaged and has like thoughtful ideas about something. And like, you can be partisan, that's fine. But if you, the best person would like prioritize 
both accuracy and like having an interesting nuanced take on everything more so than just like repeating partisan politics. You know what I mean? I feel like you're attacking one of our classic columnists, Isabel. I'm just saying that's Bill Mueller how I does feel. not deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that it, that would be a really refreshing thing for our opinion page. Left or right either. I don't care. We've yeah. had very hard right conservative columnists before. Um, we've tried uh, liberal columnists. We just haven't had one that has been able to stick with it. Um, but I often get people who tell me that, and it's really hard to find, it's easy to find someone that says, I want to write a weekly column. And it's really hard to find someone that can do it every week. Yeah. Like Julie McDonald, greatest of all time at that. She yeah. just, it's like clockwork. Yeah. And, and she's a perfect out. example of not following those like partisan lines always, you know? Yeah. I mean, she, she's clearly a Republican and will say that she is, but she doesn't just like say whatever the like thought leader from the state would say or necessarily, right. you know, talking I, points. That's, that's all I'm trying to say is I just feel like somebody who has a unique perspective is the most, we would benefit the most from that. Aaron, I, you used yeah. to write a column. I did. Before you yeah. lost Do your fastball. Again. It's been a while. I, I have lost the fastball. What if you had a columnist who was like so far right, but they were sarcastic about it? Like you couldn't tell. Yeah. Didn't we have that before? Is he still on staff? John McCroskey was occasionally very sarcastic to where I couldn't tell exactly whether he was saying it in realistically or... I haven't you know. seen his column in a while. He hasn't been writing. He's taken a break. I, oh. I, I don't know why, but he has. But he, his column, when he, we had him come back, was always just right whenever you feel like it. Um, yeah. And so he obviously has not felt like it in quite some time. Well, if I you, understand. If you the, stick one, the with one it, thing he and I agree on. <laughs> if you stick with it for long enough... Our new columnist may even get to that status one day. It's true. Yeah, maybe they'll make a book out of your columns. Bring back power rankings, you coward. <sighs> it was so much work. All that effort goes into these show notes. If it was about Sean Swope, you'd do it. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate Sean Swope. <laughs> Everyone blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, anyway, People's Champion of the Week. The only nominee, Alderson's Awards West, celebrates 50 years of service to Lewis County. They're classic. Tom and Karen Alderson and uh, their son and daughter-in-law, Alex and Alyssa Alderson. And their employees. And they have employees. I'm just reading the cut line of the photo of the four of them. Yeah. But yeah, Alderson's been there forever. Uh, they're great. Yeah, I like the the story. This is Owen Sexton. I I like that they uh, just noted that Alderson's work is just everywhere in Lewis County. I hadn't really thought about that, and it's true. Like any organization that needs an award or something like that, any school that needs some shirts or jerseys or whatever, like they, there's a reason they're such a popular business. They also ran a full page ad with the full history of their business, which I thought was very. I love ads that are like good content, and it was just a full page of history, and I read the whole thing. Thought it was really cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we hadn't won. They, they are clearly our champion of the week. I'm not going to dispute that. They have the next one by years. But the Shire Bar and Bistro in downtown Chehalis also celebrated uh, recently. They celebrated 20 years um, after first opening in 2003. Um, and they gave a portion of last week's profits to the Boys and Girls Club of Lewis County, which I thought was pretty cool. And Very cool. That was also yeah. an Owen story and just talked about how he was in, um, he, I should say his name, the owner, Joel Wall, was in the Boys and uh, Girls Club as a kid, and it meant a lot uh, as he, he, he had a single mother, and it meant that you know she knew he was taken care of and learning and all that stuff. So I thought that was cool. Another good story. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, I love the Shire. It's a great bar. Yeah. 
here at Perk Up when we start talking about your hayless business over at Centralia Business. Yeah, look at that. The I also love the branch. <laughs> I also love the branch, and that is in Centralia. It's true. And owned by the same people. I actually like the branch a little more. I'll she say that. would love to wrestle it away from us, I bet. <laughs> Look at Isabel just perking up at the mention of the highest-priced bar in Chehalis and also some trailer. <laughs> okay, you know what? I can't win. <laughs> uh, shall we move on to Siren's Banger of the Week? We have two entries this week. Very well. Uh, first up, Chehalis man accused of threatening roommate with knife over tossed food. Byron Taylor Jr. is accused of arming himself with a kitchen knife and threatening to kill his roommate after his roommate inadvertently threw away some of Taylor's food. Taylor had been gone a couple days, and the roommate went through the cupboards and tossed some old canned stuff out. When Taylor got back, he demanded his stuff back and threatened the roommate with a knife. The roommate reportedly retreated to his room, but Taylor allegedly, quote, kicked the door open and said, why shouldn't I stab you? Why shouldn't I kill you right now? According to court documents. Oh, and I got to be honest, I'm kind of on Taylor's side here. <laughs> yeah, well, when I first saw the headline, I was like, all right, who hasn't felt really? Who, who among us? You know what I mean? Who hasn't felt that angry when their roommate did something stupid? But then when I got to the end part, I didn't feel as sympathetic. Uh, and one of the m- most interesting parts to me is that this all occurred about an hour after he was sentenced in Lewis County Superior Court on another charge. So he was in court, a uh, different charge, came home trying to get something to eat, and uh, yeah. that is how that unfolded. That's pretty shocking to me. He must have been pretty hungry, though, I mean, yeah. considering the circumstances. Yeah. Well, I mean, think if you're the roommate and you're, you know, your roommate's just off in court or whatever for some, some issues he's had, and you're like, throw his shit away, and then he comes home, and you're like, oh, shit. Uh, in college, not that anyone enjoys hearing these stories, <laughs> but no, I lived in a lived English. in a big house, and one of our roommates was really good about cooking his own food. He always had some steaks in there and stuff, and so we'd be up late. He'd go to bed early. You can tell this is he's the responsible yeah. one. Uh-huh. And we those are always the worst kind of roommates. We started taking a knife and just cutting off like a little corner of the steak and try to make it to where you wouldn't be able to notice it. But it would escalate, and eventually it just escalated till we just left a little strip in there. And let's just say one of the roommates got the crap beat out of them by this guy. Understandably, I'm 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 sad it wasn't you. It was me. I'm really glad you told us that part. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, one other Sirens banger of the week: bail set at a hundred thousand dollars for man found with fentanyl, meth, and heroin during a traffic stop near Napavine. He had a whole bunch of drugs, but he wouldn't let him search the car, so they told him he'd better start walking, pretty much, and then they brought in a drug dog, and the dog just started drooling. Anyway, he got busted. Yeah. He's also being held on an unrelated warrant in North Dakota for possession of controlled substances, so... Driving around with that money drugs, not a good, not a good sign, especially if your headlights aren't working. from North Dakota to over here. Balloons do it faster these days. Yeah, you'd think. Maybe he came in a balloon. I don't know. <laughs> Who's to say? Oops. Uh, do you, are you guys ready? Are you guys ready for some Facebook comments of the week? Always. Okay, our first one is a history photo of the Park Hotel, which the caption says was built on the corner of Tower and Fifth in Centralia. This commenter says, "Where was this located?" <laughs> they love that. A tried and true. Every one of your history photos. And like, every live video. I also think that some people, maybe they read it and they want to be told, like, it's, uh, you know, it's near this current place that I know of today. Like, they're not from Centralia, maybe, and they want, they want, they want like, a landmark. They want to say, you know, it's, like, across from the 
where's the tire pile? It's across from the Chronicle. Right. That type right, of thing. Right. Rather Just than like maple that. and pearl. Yeah. Yeah. It's on the corner of screw off and get a map. But I did stop reading the history photo comments altogether because there's a lot, there's a lot of confusion in awful. there. <laughs> Uh, on a story about a sex offender conviction, this writer says, sickening, not even reading the article. Lady, you are not the only commenter to comment without reading an article. Um, on a dubious, in my opinion, letter to the editor about Marie Glusenkamp-Perez voting to spend $80 billion on 87,000 new IRS agents. This is a long post, but I pulled out a little bit of text of it. As a conservative, I'm 100% for it, as other conservatives should be. The number one effect this Inflation Reduction Act will have that no one disputes. Last year, it already helped reduce our U.S. deficit by over $35 billion. And the first commenter to that guy says, you're not a conservative, you're a lying lefty. <laughs> and then after a few more exchanges, he says, tell you what, Sparky, get your checkbook and write a check to the government that you're so in love with. Go ahead, walk your talk. I guarantee you they will not turn your check down. Oh, you're a hypocrite that just talks shit on the internet with no balls ever to walk your what talk. What the heck? <laughs> balls in this case is just paying your taxes? Yeah. Like I... Oh, come on, you coward. Commit tax fraud. Sure. Anyway, interesting series of comments there. Uh, on a story about police arresting a suspect in a shooting death of a Tonino man, this commenter says, you need to delete all these spams slash hackers. Someone is going to end up clicking trying. on their stuff. Are they still there? I don't see them anymore. I, I feel know. like this person ended up clicking on their stuff. That's, it sounds like this person <laughs> is trying to make $8,423 from working from home. <laughs> uh, on a story about police dogs being trained to smell fentanyl, this commenter said, Dogs have been trained to detect everything under the sun, including bed bugs. Therefore, training them to find newer drugs should not be so difficult. So unless you literally don't believe in science, this story shouldn't be that far-fetched to normal humans. To which another commenter replied in all caps, Bullshit! Bullshit! <laughs> what? I'm sorry, what? A disagreement in the comment section. Why? I think the, I think the, the legislation is just to set up the framework so there's actual standards, right? I think that's like when you can use and things like that. Uh, to quote a commenter, I thought it was sickening and I did not even read the article. Oh. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why this is controversial. Well. Well, if you're a fentanyl <laughs> user, you'd probably be a little concerned. <laughs> you, you haven't spent a lot of time wading through the cesspool of the comments. Uh, on a story, on an update about Ocean Prime opening in the old Kit Carson restaurant. Comment says, yes, can't wait for all the wannabe next... Food Network star, food critics, to try this place, then bash it like only Lewis County folks can, then wonder why we can't have anything nice and new besides certain restaurants slash fast food joints. We have lots of nice and new things. Don't name this next business, just because that's not fair. Okay, this next commenter says, I have never eaten at Redacted. Shehalis business. And I will A not. A Shehalis oh, business. Oh, gosh. <laughs> You're loving it. And I will not. My friend went there and a rat ran up the wall, across the beam, and people were telling the servers and they such, and they acted like it was a normal occurrence. I mean, we knew rodents were a problem in most of the restaurant industry, especially downtown areas, but dot, 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 dot. You know dot. what? I've had friends who worked at this business, and I can attest to the fact that this is something a lot of people think, and I still eat there. Well... <laughs> You know what other local restaurant was famous for having rats in the kitchen? Kit Carson. Kit Carson. They named them. Yeah. You can, you can name that one because it, it was in the paper. It's not a not a restaurant it's anymore. It's also not a restaurant. Oh, yeah. But yeah. It was also verified. And this commenter went to Gabe's comedy show 
on Friday night in downtown Shales, the McFilis Theater, and they said, Tonight, we had a good time-ish. My company was great, food excellent, but I forget that comedians I've watched in Utah and Idaho had different standards and way more filters. I don't like swear words. There's enough other words to use that is not needed. I also don't appreciate some content at times. So, would I go again? Not to this. I need a PG family comedy show. That's a, I feel like that's a totally honest, well-written sentiment. I don't know what's the problem that's there. What's the problem hey. there? What's the problem there? I, like, this person didn't insult anyone. They were, like, just basically saying, not my cup of tea. Yeah. Unrelated, but I accidentally discovered in my Facebook feed that BYU has, like, a Saturday Night Live-esque show that they play. Oh, my. And I watched it. It was pretty funny. It wasn't bad. It's like what were, what Sunday were the morning. Uh, I don't remember the jokes, but. Alive. I just remember right. I chuckled a couple times. I don't actually know when Mormons go to church. Why you hate God and good humor so much, Aaron? I don't hate God. What happened to you? (laughs) (laughs) In parades? Parades, man. I do hate parades. Parades? Not a parade. God? I feel like the only time you guys have actually like responded to anything I've said this entire episode, it's been to diss me on Shehalis or money. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, What's in uh, tomorrow's paper? Uh, we talked about a lot of it. I, I want to say, let me pull up the homepage here and hope that it's working. Uh, yeah, we've got the Alderson's West story that we talked about. Uh, our buddy, Centralia business, Centralia business. Yeah. Our buddy, uh, Michael Wagar, editor of the daily world sent us a story on, uh, advocates for Oakley Carlson, the missing Oakville girl and some legislation from, uh, rep Jim Walsh that'll help safeguard kids. At least that's the hope. They had a, a demonstration on Friday. Uh, cat rescue, which we talked about. There's a dodgeball tournament coming up. I was uh, going to see if you guys want to get a team. I bet you Chad would spring for it. Chad and Corley. I want to. Uh, it's a fundraiser for Kidding Around. Do they go by Kidding Around 360 now, or do they just go Kidding Around? Kidding Around, I think. Okay. I, don't, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure on that. I know they dropped the downtown because originally it was something – that was based out of the downtown Centralia area, and they wanted to expand efforts to be more like Lewis County in general. And it's like, just like the idea is just to do fun stuff for families type thing. Yeah, and and not just fun, but like enriching. You know, they ran the business week in the last year or two. So. That's right. So it'll be March 10th. It's going to be at 6 p.m. You can sign up or learn about it at Kidding Around. That's K-I-D-D-I-N. No G, just kidding. KiddingAround360.com, and it's $500 entry fee. So, you guys, not cheap. we It'd need to go and just like pwn. You know what I mean? I don't think we would. I look around the newsroom. Who do you think is going to go do some pwning? Josh Me? Kirschenbaum. Josh. Alec yeah. Dietz. Our two jocks. The two of them the weigh like, <laughs> roll them together, and you got like 280 pounds of action there. Uh, Maybe. Tops. Yeah, no, no. They're slight that would fellas. Be, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not even just the newsroom. I, I don't see a whole lot of athleticism company-wide. Oh, come Isabel, on. Wow. Isabel and you, you guys Shots both Shots fired at Brandon, or Brian Watson. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian Watson, I'm sure, can ball. Yeah, he can ball. I know Rhonda could ball. Yeah. She's strong. Ball. You could just let Rhonda just talk some trash out there. And that yeah, she would do that, too. Reduce the opposition to tears. Anyways, those are the highlights. There's lots of good stuff. A lot of tomorrow's papers already up at cronline.com. Go check it out. All right, in closing, we're sponsored by Summit Funding and The Roof Doctor. Leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts if you want. Makes no difference to me. Does it make a difference to you guys? No. I, personally, I like it. All right, that's all. 